You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? How are you doing? This is Brandon. And this is Lisa. And we're filmmakers. And we're drinking bourbon. Cheers. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. It's a beautiful afternoon. It is. I'm gonna I'm gonna get a good sip here. I mean, I'm gonna take this in. We got a Bullet Frontier whiskey. I've been off the sauce for a little bit. I had read that, so I'm very pleased mm. to see that you're drinking with me. Because I'm back. I'd hate to be drinking yeah, alone. I know. I'm back on the sauce. So, uh, so funny story. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna jump right into it. Okay. The listeners, and I got I got to catch them up. So I was in New York a couple weeks ago, and one of our listeners uh, shows up to a meetup we had. And uh, I think his his handle on Slack is is Ward. I'll look it up. Um, but anyway, he uh, he shows up, and I was there with uh, Joe Vile, Angus Oborn. Their wives were hanging out at the Wayland. We're drinking. We're talking film. And it was funny. Uh, we go there. He he showed up um, for you know to hang out and meet up. And if we're standing there talking, he starts asking me about my liver, which was kind of funny and then angus leans over and he's like you tell you share your personal health on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i was like yeah like what am i not supposed to do that you know you so, can't explain why you weren't drinking so what do you think i mean do you think i sh- should i share my my personal Absolutely. wellness on a podcast what are I your think, thoughts i think we want to know I think we so. want to know more about you. It yeah. makes you more real. We, we get it that right, you know cool. everyone has challenges. Yeah. <laughs> so Ward came out. Shout out to Ward. Ward Cinema. He's is his Slack name. I think he's Ward some Cinema on Twitter as well. Uh, but it was fun, and I think that's what's really cool about this podcast is that we're creating a community and a, a place where you know I, I could be in you know New York or other listeners could be somewhere, and if you say FDB meetup, you know there's a chance you know a handful of people come out, and we had a cool meetup in LA, and it was a lot of fun. And uh, so, anyway, it was, it was cool. But but back to the story, I my my liver enzymes were high. This right. was a thing I shared on air. So now you're you're in on the conversation. I, I had heard Lisa. it. Yes, so, I heard that one. Um, we're gonna get to you, but right now it's about me. All right, let's I, be honest. I'm good with that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm really used to being behind the scenes and making it about you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. And we're all good. People, I wanted to, people. Are, there's people that might be concerned for me, so I'm uh, I'm trying to get them up to date. So the, the blood pressure's okay. The liver enzymes were up. Right. And they said, stop the Lipitor, stop stop the bourbon. I said, okay. So That's two painful. weeks, I get the blood drawn again. This is right before I'm going to New York because I'm thinking, like, I need to get the approval to drink again. Sure. Like, this has to happen. So clean bill of health. You're good to go. Schedule a meeting. We'll talk about next steps. So I still have high cholesterol, but who knows? Okay, Does, well, everybody has something. It's all going to be something, but, but if you're drinking bourbon, yeah. it doesn't really matter exactly. All that much. So anyway, that's the answer to everything. It is. It is for medicinal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the update, folks. Uh, I am back. I'm feeling good. Uh, Alex is out. He just wrapped on a film with Emilio Estevez in Cincinnati. Um, I think called The Library. Uh, I just saw the guys out there. They were loading up the trucks. Today was the uh, the final day. Nice. So you are from. Cincinnati, kind of. Dayton. There, there's this other city. You know, we're, we're, we're a suburb, if you yes. will. Yes. So Dayton is about an hour. 40 minutes 40 up the road. minutes away. 40 so. minutes away from Cincinnati. But it's it's a city. Absolutely. It has a college. There's buildings. There's a downtown. It's this little pocket. And cool. one of the cool things about it is 
it has its own film commission. We do. And it's basically you, right? <laughs> You're right, it is. So tell the listeners, who are you, what do you do, all that jazz. Sure. Lisa Grigsby, and I am actually the film commissioner for Dayton. Um, film Dayton was actually started about nine years ago. And we were started based on um, the concept of we had so many filmmakers and so many creatives in Dayton. And our original concept was if we could get the engineers from wright Pat Air Force Base who retire early and start second mm-hmm. careers – mix them with the filmmakers, okay. could we become the special effects capital? Because that we knew all the Air Force Base guys were doing virtual reality and all kinds of things. Yeah. So that was our original concept, you know, a bunch of people that knew nothing about film that thought this would be great. Sure. Um, as we went down the road, we found out there were even more filmmakers than we knew about. You know, we've got the Wright State Film School, which is now the Tom Hanks Motion Picture yeah. Center, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. which is a huge deal. And so we started working on it. Then one of the very first things that we were instrumental in is joining with Cincinnati and Columbus and Cleveland to get this film tax incentives passed. So that was like our first thing. We're like, okay, to get film here, we need film tax incentives. So we were very lucky. We had a board member, Carrie O'Reilly, who's a line producer who probably lots of people know who she is, was was really helpful in helping us put that together. So we did that and we watched and we saw films coming to Cincinnati. We saw films coming to Cleveland, but not Dayton. So we really kind of investigated and said, you know what? We need to become a film commission. Yeah. And so I'm going to tell you the truth. I actually had to take classes and learn how to become a film commissioner. <laughs> so how does one do that? Is there like a, the, is there a course for that? The There is. There's an International Film Commission Association. Mm-hmm. And you actually register and you take classes and you learn. And, um, you know, some of it's learning the lingo. Some of it's sure. learning, you know, how to sell it. What makes, you know, how do you rate the impact and the economic impact of the film in your area. How do you make connections? What's your purview versus what's the producer's director's, sure. you know, not to cross that line? Because a film commission is really here to be helpful for folks to get films right. made. In, well, no, that, we but don't and make sell them. the town. Sell, right. the, but, sell what you got yeah, to offer. Yeah, we want to get people here. We want to help sure. them. We want to, you know, make sure that they get any of the appropriate permits they might need or make the connections or find right. the locations. But we're not making film. Gotcha. And that's the thing I think a lot of people, you know, I get weird calls all the time. They're like, <laughs> Oh, hey, can you help us make this film? Uh, I can't, but I can connect you with people that can. <laughs> right, so right, right. really what I tell people, my job is really is a concierge. Yeah. Um, that's what, what I really do is I I'm like trying that. to hook that up. I kind of want to be a concierge. There you that go. sounds nice. I mean, that's what I do. So, I hook up people. So let me ask you this. How did you how did you get in the game? I mean, were you do you have a film background? Are you an actor? Are you what do you do? Okay, how don't did... laugh. Okay. I own comedy clubs. Okay. <laughs> I toured the country, um, opening comedy clubs all over the country. So you, what? This is crazy. This just went in a whole new direction. Wait, you own comedy clubs? I did. And you, what? Okay, I started out in Chicago okay. working in a comedy club called The Funny Bone. Which, you're right. So, and this was in the 80s. Okay. I'm, I'm dating myself here, folks. Do the math. Um, and that was really when the comedy boom was. And okay. Now, the, the, the Funny Bone's a, like a franchise, it's right? It's a chain. And at that time, there were two owners, one in Cleveland and one in St. Louis. Okay. One was a radio guy. One was an accounting guy. And they decided that they wanted to open up a bunch of comedy clubs. So all of a sudden, as I was in Chicago and our club was doing really well and starting to do different things, and they're like, the owners flew in and they're like, what's going on? Well, the club had been run by a stand-up comic. 
Yep. I came in and my background was managing restaurants and business. And so we started just putting a little yeah. business to the comedy because there really are two different brains. There's the artistic Absolutely. creatives and there's the people that see business. So I became that business person. I went around and I opened 26 comedy clubs across the country. Wow. They'd look at me and go, we want to have a club in Atlanta. Go. And I'd go meet a real estate agent, figure Seriously. out how to put a club this together. This is amazing. And so that was my background. So. Frank, why didn't you tell me this? This is awesome. <laughs> Frank's so, in the booth. He's uh, he's he's. He's the one who uh, connected the dots here to get her on the show. Absolutely. So, uh, all right. So you. So, both, comedy, matter wild. of fact, I, I lived in the uh, Holiday Inn in Covington when we sold a franchise of the Funny Bone to that Holiday Inn hmm. in 1990. Wow. <laughs> so okay, that'll tell you. That. So working in a comedy club. So. And because so many comics went on to either be movie writers or yeah. to, to be in TV or film, I naturally became a fan. And you know, all of a sudden, as I started to know people and started to watch the credits, because they meant something to me now, yeah. as I knew these people, got interested. So when we did this film Dayton thing, um, it was really started in Dayton. They had brought in a sociologist and his team to help look at all the assets in Dayton and figure out how to connect them. They recruited 40 catalysts to agree to a one-year project based sure. on that information. And that's where we found out how many filmmakers and how many engineers we had. So that yeah. was kind of how I got pulled into the comedy thing. And while I don't know a ton about making movies, what I found is I really understood the artist yeah. from all those years in comedy. And so you you probably met like famous comedians. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. And you're like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I met, absolutely. What a strange I mean, world. It is a real. It's a, it's a very strange world. Some of those, you know, comics went on. Like two comics that I knew way back in Chicago in the '80s um, were the first ones that I kind of knew went into film. Um, Leo Benvenuti and Steve. Mm -hmm. God, I can't think of his name, but they wrote um, the Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. They were the very first filmmakers from comics that I knew, mm -hmm. and they went on to do lots of good things. And then John Regi was another Chicago comic who's written a ton of stuff and produces stuff. So the world's kind of interlapped. Wow. And so, so, so that's how you got in. So I got in and it just kind of became one of those, like I said, I understood the artistic need. Um, and that's something I'm not sure a lot of people understand. Yeah. Film people are different. They just are. It's not a nine to five <laughs> world for them. You know, they don't work at nine o'clock yeah. and stop at five o'clock. It's not Monday through Friday. We're a broken species. Well, it's, it's, they're intense when they're on, they're on and yeah. they work hard and they do it and they, they, they yeah. just buckle through for, you know, 30 days, 45 yeah. days. And then they take a month or two off to reclaim their lives. Yep. And I got that. Yeah. Because that's what comedy was too, you know. Huh. You don't have a normal lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. It's, and so it's that made it very famine. easy to understand, and you know, understanding having many bosses too. You know, in the comedy world, it's like okay, I was dealing with the talent who had one set of needs, then the manager, then the agent, then the publicist, sure. and it's the same thing in the film world. You know, you've got the talent, then you got the producers, then you got yeah. the directors, and the vision may be different, but the money doesn't match right, the vision. Right, right. So how do you cheat that, and how do you figure that out? So I think that's what prepared me. Cool. So, so let's. I just want to hit a little bit more on on the getting into it because my guess is there might be some listeners who, like yourselves, you know, they listen to the podcast because they're they're into film, they watch films, they love film. Maybe they're in a small city or a town, but it, maybe it has great offerings. Maybe it's really cool. It has some great scenery and some great attributes, and they they they're thinking right now, man, I would love to start a film commission and try to get films to come to my city. 
So you take this course online AFCI, and it's like they have a little university, okay. and there's um, there's probably twenty five courses. You have to take five to become a certified okay. film commissioner. So, the basics. Gotcha. So you take the basics. You coordinate with your people. You find out who are the filmmakers. What are the the places in our city that are unique mm-hmm. that people would want to film at? Now, do you guys have a website? How do you we do. how do you promote it to the world? Filmdaton.com, very okay. simple. And on that, we have a couple of things that are important for anyone to know. We have a location database. Mm-hmm. So those cool locations, and it's not just a matter of going and finding a Google picture and sticking it up. It's finding out who owns it. So if somebody wanted to film there, who would they talk to? Yeah. How would they find out? Some pictures from various places to know what kind of roads and sure. what kind of parking. You know, the one thing that I had to learn about was okay, it's great, I've got this wonderful place, but you know, where are you gonna where are you gonna set up everything? Where are you gonna yeah. Feed the cast. Where are yeah. you going to put up? Where are you going to go to the bathroom? You know, all all these porta potties. Where are you going to park them all? So it's it's thinking beyond just cool. We got a barn that would be great. Yeah. You know, it's knowing what else you can do. So the location database becomes very important in that and having those contacts. Because the other thing I've learned about film is they don't always call you six months in advance and go, hey, we're going to need a church. They call you the night before and they go, hey, we got a, we got a location fell through. Where can you get me a church that I can film tomorrow? Yeah. And if that happens, you've got to know who to call to get the permission sure. or the permits or figure out all the things. It sounds extra to me like you're a politician. <laughs> um, is that a far jump or am I close? It, it, there could be moments of that, certainly, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it, it helps to be well-connected in your community. Um, and that was another thing that I think I had a, a decent background from having done so many things and also from living so many places when I was touring with the comedy clubs and stuff. You quickly figure out how to get connected hmm. and who those people right. are. You know, I, I am just fascinated by this comedy thing. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great 25 years Is of there, my life. I've got stories that, you, are, that I need, are I need some of these bourbon. stories. Um, I need some of these stories. Is there an anecdote? Give me an anecdote. Give me something of like the early years traveling. Okay, Give I, me a story. In 1989, I got a phone call from an agent. And he says, you need to book this guy. He is He's the next Eddie Murphy. Book this guy. I'd never heard of him. Comedy was pretty much an all-white kind of community yeah. thing. And so I booked this guy. What who town was, are we in? We're in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So I booked this guy, and it's Chris Rock. Okay. Nobody had heard of Chris Rock yet. Sure. He was had, this before Saturday Night Live? Yeah, it was. He had just done uh, the movie "I'm Gonna Get You, Sucker," mm-hmm. and he had a line in "How much for one rib?" <laughs> he was that guy, and that was the only pretty much line he had. But they said to me, you know, book this guy, get him on the urban radio station, and we did, and we filled the house. And I'm going to say this in a, in, a, in a way that hopefully people will understand. I'm not being racist of any kind, mm-hmm. but. It had comedy had really been pretty much a white suburban kind of entertainment mm-hmm. thing. So now all of a sudden you filled a club with 450 black people who've never been there. Well, you have to teach people how to how to get it in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. Here's what's going to happen: you're going to get waited on. The comics are going to go up. There's going to be three. There's going to be a last call. You pay your check and then you leave. I, look, I know what you're talking about because I had never been to a comedy club mm-hmm. and it's stressful. I went so um, I went recently. Well, it's been a couple months and. Um, I didn't know what to do, yeah, and it was a, like, it's a procedure what am I of. doing? And I sat down, and then somebody was like, you know, and then I was going to move to another place, and they were like, oh, well, you can't move because, you know, we marked the seats, and now your drink's coming. It was this crazy thing. Yeah. It was like, it was different than a restaurant. Yeah, you have to kind of, you have to train the audience <laughs> what to expect and what to know sure. to make it all flow and work well. And the other reason you have to do that is because the lights go down, and it's all in the dark. Yeah. So p- if you get up and move, your waitress has no idea where your drink sure. is going or where to drop your check. And sure. So it was a stressful week because of that. So we've got a whole new audience of people that haven't been right. there. Um, 
I have my my phone reservation girls that are taking reservations, and we have a board up that has bio information sure. for comics. But Chris Rock's coming. So Chris Rock's coming. Who nobody knows who Chris Rock sure. is. He's on, not even Chris Rock at no, this point. No, I mean he's, he's just Chris. some guy. So on this board, um, we had bio. So I had Chris's bio. We walk him into the club, and he sees the board. The board, and on it it says Eddie Murphy's protege. Eddie Murphy says he's the next big star. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Well, Chris, who at that time was uh, <laughs> tw- 23, 24, kind of a young punk. Rips the piece of paper down off the wall, throws it on the floor. I ain't Chris. I ain't Eddie Murphy's protege. That's not me. And I looked at him and I said, "Well, that came from your agent, and this is how he's selling you, and that's how you got the booking. Because I don't know who you are or what you do. So you're here because of Eddie Murphy, and I don't appreciate you ripping stuff off my walls." <laughs> so that was our first little interaction. <laughs> Pretty, huh? Yay! <laughs> so he goes up, he does the show, and I'm going to be honest with you, and he would say the same. He wasn't that funny yet. Right. He just wasn't. Um, and so <laughs> we got through it, and that was it, and we moved on. Fast forward now, 1993, I'm in Dayton, Ohio, okay. running a club there, and I book Chris. And at this point, he has yeah. been on, on a couple things. I think he's just started Saturday Night mm-hmm. Live. So he's starting to get a little recognition. And is the – I just want to pause the story here for a second. Is this world small enough where – People just kind of know each other. They're kind of like, oh, yeah, you booked me me for the other thing. Let me connect to the dots here. So I go pick him up at the airport because he's not big enough yet to have a limo. It's just regular. I pick him up. He's sitting in my passenger seat, has a hat on, and keeps looking at the side of the brim, looking at me while I'm driving. Have we met before? I'm like, yeah. And he's like, where? I'm like, Atlanta. He's like, oh, shit. He's like, I owe you an apology. He's like, I I, I was dumb. I was young. I was green. Uh, I can't believe you actually booked me again. So... You know, having traveled around, yeah. I was like, all right. And by that time, he had gotten funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he just got the publicity a little bit too soon. Sure. You know, he should have still been like an MC or a feature that first or second yeah. act. But because of the movie, you know, all of a sudden he was a draw. And with Eddie Murphy's blessing, sure. he did it. So fast forward a few more years, I've now got another club in Dayton. And he calls me up and he says, hey, I'm getting ready to film an HBO special next week. I'm not ready. Can you throw together a Monday, Tuesday show for me? Oh, you know, like a warm-up. Yeah, and so which we happily did, and then the very next week he filmed a special. So, I mean, it's been very interesting to see how huh. all that stuff works. So, that's so cool. there's a there's a fun little story about that's some, awesome. You know. Now, so the, I remember now the show I went to was with Michael Holder. You know Michael? I don't know. Michael he's Holder. he's uh, he's always at the Funny Bone here in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, he's been on this this show a couple times. He's a filmmaker as well. Funny guy. Funny. He's pretty. He's yeah, he's he's Good. got a sick mind, but uh, a lot of, a them, lot do. of them do. <laughs> well, I'm mean, 25 years in the business. What makes me laugh is is either sick or demented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just happens. <laughs> so okay, well that's that's really cool, man. That's a that's an interesting point of view. So how has comedy or your experience with that has it influenced your your uh, the way you you see things with uh, the film commission? Are you are you courting comedies? Um, like, could Dayton be the, the place for comedies? It, it could be, I guess. Um, we, we actually just had one film this, this past fall, a small independent film uh, that was done that actually features some stand-up comics. And matter of fact, I was talking to the director this morning. We're trying to figure out that maybe we debut this movie at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Ah, so because the comics already yeah. have a draw. So, so yeah, they certainly could work hand-in-hand. Hand. Well, it makes sense. There's no it, doubt about you know, it. I think anything that... Uh, you know, for things sometimes to get noticed, they have to be, you know, niched, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. So sometimes, you know, you have 
film festivals that are just horror. Sometimes they're just documentary. Right. Maybe there's a space and maybe Dayton's a comedy space. Maybe, maybe there is something there. I mean, Dayton does have the very first comedy club in Ohio that's still actually operating while yeah. down there. I mean, so there is something about it. And there's also something about the genre of comedy and film that it takes the right. It's, it's hard to make funny. Yeah, in a film especially. I mean, it's hard to be funny in yeah, the first comedy's, place. Yeah, but comedy is very touchy. I mean, it's, it's tough. Y- you can't be too cornball, right? You know, so to find somebody that does that well, and there are some. I mean, like, let's go into the Adam Sandler movies. Whether you love them or not, yeah. love them, he's got a niche, and you know yeah. what to expect when you see that. Exactly. I'm a big fan of. I, I think I like more of a dry comedy. Okay. So I like um, the sarcastic wit. A, yeah, there was a show on HBO called Togetherness. Did you ever see that? Didn't. Jason, du, uh, the Duplass, Mark and Jason Duplass, uh, they did, um, they did a film called Hump Day. They did. They're the guys who do uh, uh, the fantasy football show on FX. Yep. No. Exactly. Okay. You're um, talking football now. Now yeah, you get yeah. me. <laughs> uh, the uh, what's that? Called? The league. Yes. Yeah. They they do the league. They write that. Um, but anyway, it's like a, kind of a dry humor. And there's a guy. I'm not. I don't. I don't have a well uh, a big knowledge of comedy. But there's a there's one guy who. I think is really funny, but his comedy is like long, really long punchlines. He's got like kind of bald on top, long hair. Stephen Wright. And he talks like this. Stephen Wright. Yeah. I think that's brilliant because he he's so smart and so intelligent with his humor. And he tells these really long stories and he drops, you know, something early on. And then he pays he pay, the punchlines like 30 minutes yep. later. Yep. And and it, I feel like there's something in that that's so rewarding that it's just like awesome. And, and it's it's to an whereas, art. Yeah, to whereas some of the other stuff, you know, the the penis jokes and the sex jokes and the you know the cursing and the all that sort of stuff, like it's almost so easy. Sometimes I feel like I feel like I'm not being given credit as a human being. Like you know, what I mean, it's almost. And I feel that way about films. A lot of comedy films, like people go crazy for. You know, uh, what's his name? Jed Apatow. Mm, I think his, I just don't get his films. I think they're horrible. It's just like, it's almost like, do you really think I'm this dumb? You know what I mean? Well, what are your thoughts? What do you I think, think? And it's it came from comedy and it goes into movies. It's the lowest common denominator. It's easy to get a laugh on that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, whether it's a, a laugh because I'm uncomfortable. Sure. You know, when you're doing body function humor or any of that right. kind of stuff. I mean, everyone will laugh at a fart joke. They, sure. they just will. Uncomfortable or not, but nobody thinks it's clever. Right. So it's easy. And that's the same thing with those kind yeah, of films. Yeah, it is it's easy. It's easy. Yeah. And that's where I say to make a good comedy film, it really is hard. Yeah. Because... To write something that's evergreen, like if you're a musician and people start to know the lyrics to your song and sing sing along with you, that's great. That's success. Mm-hmm. When that happens in comedy and they can say your punchlines with you, it's not very entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, so to be able to, to write something that's funny takes a lot. Yeah. But- and, and for it to live up over time, like I recently saw Animal House again. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, it... It's not as funny as I thought it was sure. now. Right, right, right. I mean, granted, I've grown up some, and, right. and you know, some of that stuff is really dated. But, but it's true. It's it's hard to write that stuff that lasts forever. How do you feel about Seinfeld? Interesting. They just and announced like going, he's coming back like, to town. But, but going back and watching the, the episodes, Seinfeld would not make it in the comedy clubs today. Really? Because what his material is, it's, it's you go back to that attention yeah, yeah. span. It's you know, long setup, little punch. Yeah. Um, I think he was genius in his day. Yeah. Um, I think he's milking it now. And like they yeah. just announced today that he's coming up to a show in May, May 12th up in Dayton. It's so kind of like the fan. Garth Brooks of 
comedy, right? Like Garth Brooks, like he had his big hits and whatnot, and then it's like he's still selling out arenas doing I Got Friends. Yeah. And it's like, come on, Garth. You know, at least Seinfeld, I will say, he retired his first set of material. I, by the way, officially, internet world, I don't like Garth Brooks. <laughs> Garth Brooks, if you're listening, I don't like you. You know what I mean? You're probably a nice guy. You had a weird phase with this Chris somebody trying to do pop music. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> That was horrible, wasn't it? That was awful. I might get hate mail for that. Or not. Well, I feel like all filmmakers agree with me on this. Well, I don't know whether they all agree with you or not, but I think I think that <laughs> I respect the fact that you have a strong opinion and you're willing to say it. Yeah, no I'm pussyfooting never, about yeah, it. You're no, just like, I'm no, never, this isn't my guy. Speaking of which, you just you set me up for, for our heated debate here. Right. Right? You gotta weigh in. And there's no pussyfooting. It's a yes or a no, you in or an out. Superhero movies. Are you in or are you out? There's two camps. Camp Brandon says, worst thing ever created. Marvel should shut down. It would be a better planet if they did. Alex, on the other hand, who we miss Alex. He's not here today. Uh, Alex loves it. He thinks it's great. He wants to go escape into the world where a guy puts on his Iron Man suit and there's a Spider-Man. Whatever. Alex wouldn't be a fan of mine. Where are you at? I am not into the whole. Yes, it's not my thing. It, it's man, so good. I mean, I'm all for escapism with the movies. I love yeah. that part of it, but I can't go that far. And to see the money that is being spent, and yeah. the, the, I look at that and go, God, you could do so much else with yeah. that. Yeah, could create whole new worlds. I mean, you you could do stuff that's new. Yeah. Um, you know, the way I look at it is, they're making a lot of money off of little boys' fantasies. I agree. And I'm Well, and let's be honest about Alex. And I think uh, you know, um Adam would agree in the booth with this is, you know, Alex is a little boy. He's a little boy <laughs> who's trying to fulfill his fantasies. I love you, Alex. I miss you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I miss just... you. I miss you, buddy. Um so okay, so let's But I also think in some ways the studios are kind of genius. Not because of the movies, but because of all the merchandising opportunities that come with it. Oh, it's so unbelievably it's, so it's a genius. Cash cow. Yeah, so it's it a, depends yes. on what. If, if I'm sitting in the accounting office, yes, go, 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 because I'm right. counting the dollars right. come in. If I'm sitting in the movie theater seat, not it's a just, fan. It's gross, is what it is. It's just not. It's, it's um, yeah. All right, so <laughs> so that brings us to what are you watching? That's one of our. We got three questions. That's the first one. What are you watching? Okay, you're gonna laugh. I, I I've just started watching <laughs> The Wire. Oh, okay, nice. I, you know, I heard people talking about it yeah, forever, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Sunday I wasn't feeling good, so I thought, well, what can I start streaming and watching? So, yeah, no, that's uh, great. Sunday night I started, now I'm into, last night I finished uh, season two, episode 12. Well, it's, <laughs> good, it's good that you waited because they remastered it, so it's now 16.9, it's, you know, you HD, you know, before you had to watch it like a four by three. Ah, well, there you go, so it's a good thing, but it's, I'm watching it, and, and I think it's a really good time that I'm watching it because I'm also watching what's happening out in the world right now with yeah. all the, you know, the heroin, the opiates and all yeah. that stuff and it's just i don't know that if i had seen it a couple years ago it would have been as relevant to me yeah so that's kind of cool yeah that's cool um, yeah i think that's what's great about where we're at is that uh old shows are new shows new shows are old shows right true. like new you know there's always something be, yeah. and the reason you know a show comes out they drop they drop all the episodes and you watch them i watch them in all a week once, and now it's an old show right it's even though it just came out so yeah um, um, all right. What else are you watching? Um, trying trying to catch up on all the Oscar stuff before the Oscars oh, right now. Don't don't depress me already. Uh-oh. I can't. You're, you haven't yeah. cu- you haven't kept up. No, I I don't even know that I've seen one. <gasps> oh, I am that's... like oh no, I did see I saw I saw uh, American Honey. Okay, great film, uh, great I, film. Shia LaBeouf, uh, one of my faves. 
He just and He's the girl, the girl who was in that was kind of an unknown, but she stole the screen. It was a great film. I just saw Moonlight this past. Oh, Sunday. I've heard good things about that. Um, amazing, and then had a neat opportunity. Um, the set designer for it, um, Hannah Beekler, is mm-hmm. a Dayton girl. Nice. Graduated from Wright State, and uh, she had just the Saturday before just won this uh, an award for Beyonce's Lemonade awesome. for doing the set design on that. So she was there and and kind of did a nice talk back. And the interesting thing, and I didn't know much about the movie, but yeah. it was um, it was a remake of a book. Yeah, uh, it was done for a million five. Yeah, it was low budget. Very low budget. Wasn't the guy one of the guys from uh, House of Cards was involved, right? Yes. Yeah. Don't ask me names. Love that guy. But and I mean, it was just an amazing movie shot. You know, so low budget, and there it is right now up against La La Land, oh, which yeah. is a, you know how many million dollar thing. Sure. So I think that's what's neat right now about movies is, it. it yeah. It's so diverse and it's so interesting to see that you know you can have the same impact with a you know right. one million dollar movie as a fifty million dollar movie. Yeah, have you seen La La Land? I haven't. Don't I haven't either, and I'm <laughs> and I'm done. So I'm glad because you, I don't want to give it away. I, I really want to see it a lot. So that director also did Whiplash, yes. which was brilliant, I thought, and that wasn't a big budget film. Um, so I, I'm glad to see that. You know, he went from this indie world and went to the big screen, but still kept his sort of point of view. Right. A lot of times you get guys who, you know, like Jean-Luc uh, um, Bassard, who did uh, Fifth Element. And he, he, you know, he had a film called uh, Angela, Angel A. Uh, and it was a little independent film. And then next thing you know, he's doing like Aliens. And it just things get ruined, you know, you know, so I love filmmakers like like that, like him or Darren Aronofsky, who <clears throat> granted his worst film, I think, is Noah, which was his biggest budget. Right. But all of his other films before that, The Wrestler, Black Swan, I mean, brilliant, you know, Requiem. Yeah. Um, so. All right. So what else? What other ones have you seen? Uh, I saw Jackie. Um, Did you like it? I thought Natalie Portman did a great job in it. Was it Natalie Portman or was it Kiara Knightley? No, it was Natalie Portman. Are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> Are you positive? Now you're making me question myself. Are you positive? Because I have a theory that yes. they're the same person. Oh, I'm like, so no, my, my good friend Joe and uh, Angus, if they're listening, we were in New York and we played a little game at uh, at the bar called Natalie or Nightly. <laughs> <clears throat> and I, I would like to challenge you listeners out there to Google... Uh, the the connection of the likeness between uh, Natalie Portman and Kira Knightley. So let's we're gonna play. I'm trying to do this we're gonna head. play a little game right now. I'm gonna okay. show you a picture, and you right, gotta make to the call. All right. So, all right. Uh, meanwhile, while I look it up, go ahead and talk a little bit about Jackie. So, like, I think she did an amazing job. I think it was an interesting story, but it was really long to watch. It was just like, okay, I get it. I, 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 I they could have taken 20 minutes out of that movie and been fine. Yeah. Uh, I just think it went on and on and on and on and on. And I mean. <laughs> well, but it's history. So you're like, you, you kind of know the ending, right? Well, not only that, but you just, it didn't really prove a point beyond the first 10 or 15 mm-hmm. minutes. So I was like, what is all this extra? But how was, I heard the wardrobes was really, were really great. Beautiful. Because I mean, I'm a big fan. I love fashion. I'm a big fashion fan. Well, I can tell. So, well, I mean, <laughs> I didn't say I was fashionable. <laughs> I didn't say it was fashionable. No. I do love fashion. They, they did a fa- – well, I said, the details of the movie were, were fabulous. The yeah. furniture, the fashions, sure. you know, recreating the White House, probably not a cheap task right. or an easy task to do. I mean, they did that – it was lovely. You know, the funeral scenes right. and them walking down Pennsylvania Avenue. You know, I lived in D.C. for a long time. I mean, so they got it right. It was all great. But 
you know, and I'm not one of those people that likes to look at my watch in a movie, but I was. It's like, how much longer is this going to go? Mm. And I mean, that you hate that. Yes. That's not what should happen. All right, we're going to play this game. Are oh, you ready? Oh, boy. All right, I'm on the spot. All right. <clears throat> this is a game of Natalie or Knightley. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Okay. Here we go. First pick. That's Knightley. Correct. Excellent. All right, here we go. Second. <laughs> I feel such pressure. I didn't know there was going to be a quiz. Frank, you didn't warn me. <laughs> All right, second pick. This one I'm going to zoom in a little. I'm going to zoom in a little. Uh-oh. And I'm going to do nose up. Nose up. Oh, boy. That's Portman. Really? You're right. Good call. Man, you got a good eye. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's some pictures out there when you see side-by-sides. Actually, I don't know if you know, but in Star Wars, Knightley played Portman's body double. Oh. So she was the body double of the princess so that the princess could okay. go in. Do you guys remember this? Yes, Google this. It's a thing. Huh. They like they were like, oh, this girl looks just like Natalie Portman. She's going to play Natalie Portman as Queen Amidala. So I'm telling you, it's out there. Look for it. But I have this film that I want to make. This this okay. might show the dark side of me. I want to make a film with Natalie and Knightley where they fall in love. But then they have existential crises because they, they think they're falling in love with themselves. That's kind of deep. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so, like, you know, like, we can, like, you know, there's probably going to be some makeout scenes, and it's going to get weird because they're, like, they think they're making out with themselves, and they kind of like it, but it's kind of weirded out. There's, like, there's like a whole thing happening there. So, if you, if you want... There's something there. I if you want to see this film made, if you're, if you're listening, you know, start spreading the word. Start talking about it. Let's create a meme. Let's get it out to the internet. My thought is that if you put anything out to the internet... It'll come true, right? I mean, look at the president. <laughs> so, so really, whatever. we had to go there. You <laughs> had to go there. <laughs> Every now and again, I drop a little something, but uh, but I'm just gonna say, I think those of you that want to see this film, if you want to see Natalie and Knightley together, but have them a, an existential dilemma on whether or not they're falling in love with themselves, this is this is a film that I'll be willing to direct. All right, <laughs> I, I I would buy tickets to see that. <laughs> I think a lot of people would. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a great idea. There's no doubt. All right. So, Oscar. So, are you a big Oscar fan? Are you watching the Oscars? I do, do watch you, the you, Oscars. Do you do I watch Oscar them every party? year. Oscar party? We, Film Dayton does a big Oscar party. Okay. We're doing an Oscar watch party at one of our local theaters, the, the Plaza Theater. If you happen to be up in Miamisburg, you want to come out and see us Sunday. Nice. It's free to get in. And then we do, we do a couple things that make it more fun, I okay. think. We do Oscar bingo. So we actually have an Oscar bingo card, so you're following along. And you're like, yes, the awesome. teleprompter messed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. got it. Sure. Yes, they just told the kids to go to bed. You know, all those usual things that you do. Yeah. And then we do the predictions as okay. well. And then um, we'll have you know a little auction. So it helps raise some money for film dating. That's fun. Um, but it's just very casual, and it doesn't cost anything to get in. You know, cool. I've been to some of those parties that are really big, dress yeah, up. Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's a Sunday night. Sorry. Sure. I'm not dressing up. I'm not, you know, and, and it's hard because, you know, invariably the movies or the show's going to go past a Eleven o'clock, yeah, and yeah, that—that's yeah. like a magic hour for people that have real yep, jobs. Yep, yep. You know, and so kids. Yeah, yeah, or kids. Either way, so I like to watch it because there's always something about it. But I have to admit, in the last year or two, two with a lot of the award shows, sometimes it's just as easy to watch the YouTube clips later. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. not feel like you're wasting all that time. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so all right, I that's cool. Like, I, I do feel like it's you know, if you're involved in the film world, you have to watch it. it it's yeah. it's kind of it's our recital. There seems it to is. be um, some really good films this year. 
there are a lot of good films. There are a lot of diverse films. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of unknowns that will win things, mm-hmm. which that, I mean, we all like to see Meryl Streep win an award, but mm-hmm. we've seen it. Sometimes the speeches and the Meryl Streep's okay. But I mean, she's all right. She's done it. She's yeah. she, she's a great actress, no doubt. Yeah, she's no let's, Keanu Reeves. Let's, <laughs> let's let somebody else have a chance. But sometimes the speeches are fun, and and yeah. you know, obviously you're gonna that have speech to... last year or was it whatever the awards was for Meryl Streep, the the girl who gave it, that was a little over the top. Well, you're going to get some of that. I mean, you are. And and I think, you know, you're going to get some political speeches. I'm, I'm sure we'll have sure, a few yeah, of those yeah. this year. But the ones that are really the heartfelt, like where, you know, the whole, you like me, you really like yeah, me. You know, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of nice to it's see fun. some of these stars yeah. be real. Yeah. Because let's face it, we, we see them scripted most of the time. Maybe uh, maybe Knightley will present uh, Natalie with <laughs> an award <laughs> and she'll be like, uh, did I just give myself an award? <laughs> and then somebody in the audience is going to be like, I've got a film idea. I s- and they're not going to know that they saw it on the internet somewhere because there was a meme and they're like, I've got an idea. Anyways. It could happen. you got to keep throwing it out there. <laughs> All right. So what are you working on? That's another big question we have. What, what are you guys doing? Anything? You got any inside information? Any films coming to Dayton? What are you working on? I've been on? scouting for the last month, month and a half on a, a movie that's going to come to the area, the uh, Robert Redford movie. Wow. Um, yeah, the old man nice. and the gun. It's, it's yeah. definitely happening, whether it happens in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, or Dayton. We don't know. And that's part of my job is to, to show them locations that will make them want to come to Dayton. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of that. And, and that's something I don't know if many people know what that scouting process is like. Yeah. Um, and it's, okay, say they needed a bank for this movie. And, you know, you go and you look at a bank and, you know, you and I go into the bank, every, you know, once right. a month, you know, but you don't think about, ooh, how are they going to film this? Where's the boom going to be? Where are they yeah. going to set up? So finding a bank is a lot more challenging than you think. Yeah. Not only does it have to have the right aesthetic and look and feel, but it has to be big enough. It has to have parking. It has to, you know, all that jazz. It has to be willing to probably be a bank that's not in day-to-day use anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and then you have to figure out what it feels like and and. Where people will go. So, I mean, that's, you know, doing that. Um, I got a call this morning from there's a uh, English company that's that's doing a documentary, and they are trying to get permission to film in a field. And nice. we're trying to figure out who owns the field. Wow. So my yeah. job is literally, you know, I'm on the Property phone. Property rights. You know, trying yeah. to figure out who owns what. Who do we talk to? Does that need a permit? Sure. Does it not need a permit? What kind of field are we talking about here? It's An airfield? No, it's just, it's it's woods. It's it's the middle huh. of woods. And I've got, I've got, you know, GPS coordinates. Nice. That's all I've got. All right. And so that's what I'm looking at. The other thing, I mean, we're constantly trying to train crew. Make yeah. sure that people are ready to go, you know, between Cincinnati and Dayton. There have been a ton of movies yeah. the last two years. Well, you have to have people ready to go because the yeah, last thing we them. want to happen is for a film to come here and go, oh, Ohio doesn't seem to have anybody yeah, yeah, with yeah. any skills. Yeah, yeah. So it's important. And, and we know that we've got a pretty good crew base in yes. the area. But Some as, of the best in, in the in the world. Well, people that know their stuff and that are good yeah. at it, but as they're being elevated in the business, do we have that next level ready to go? Right, because it, you know it's one thing to do one film in Ohio. It's another thing to do Three films in Ohio, four films. You know, I mean, you can, you know, at some point you run out of people. Yeah, and and I mean, you have to have in order for those people to rise. You know, like you know, I, I go back to that Hannah Beekler who who has done some stuff. You know, was from right here, got some stuff. 
director liked her, has taken her on. You know, she went and did Fruit Vale, and he's taken her on a bunch of different projects. Yeah. So she's leaving. She's going wherever he goes because yeah, yeah. money's good. It's good. It's happening. So who's next in line here? Yeah. Because the last thing that we want ever to happen in Ohio is for them to go, oh, they didn't understand. Oh, it's just Ohio. Because sure. we've got amazing talent, but we have to have the next set of amazing talent. And who's going to train yeah. them? Because if you're so busy working on a film, you don't, I mean, you want to be nice and mentor the next guy and right. come up there. But if they don't even understand walking talkie 101 right you got no patience for that sure so i mean it's little things like that just the set etiquette and what needs to be done and how you do it i got a really interesting phone call um yesterday um it was from a woman and she said my son is is really interested in getting in the movies can you help me and i said well how, how old's your son well he's 17 i said well the first thing i can tell you is he needs to be on this phone call yeah. not you yeah. well no i just really you know he really wants to, he doesn't know how to do it and he i said so why isn't he calling yeah I said, because nobody wants to listen to you. So yep. you're doing him a disservice. You're enabling him. You you need to be off this phone, and he needs to make the phone call. Nice. I like it. Well, no I, nonsense. Well, and then maybe comes back from a calendar. I don't have time to mess with yeah, him. Yeah, man. But what's going to happen? You hire this guy as a PA, and you tell him, hey, go take the dry cleaning down here. And he goes, uh, and he has to call mom and go, well, they want me to take the dry cleaning. Yeah, what does yeah, that yeah. mean? Yeah. You know, if he doesn't have the stones to ask for clarification, if he doesn't understand <laughs> it, he ain't going to make it. Um, so, yeah, I, I am real hardcore. That it's like, I believe that in order to succeed in this business, A, you have to be willing to do almost anything. Okay. And you have to be willing to admit what you don't know. Yes. And then you have to be willing to follow through on the things you're asked to do. Sure. And if you don't and, know, find out. Yeah. And, and, and those yeah. are the things. It doesn't take – I mean, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world. Yeah. You don't have to be the most creative person in the world. But you have to be determined and willing. And that will take you so far right. because, you know, as we all know, there's not a path that's, you know, A plus B does not equal C <laughs> in the film world. Right. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's the guy in front of you screwed up and you've got the opportunity. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's just – just a matter of, hey, you look like you'll be good enough. Sure. You know, I like your look. I like your feel. Or, hey, you had a car. That works. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, you're asking me, oh, that, that goes back to my comedy stuff, too. I, I can tell you that I hired a comic from an open mic night because he was willing to help us take out the trash. Nice. And what that said to me was, he may not be the funniest guy in the world, but he gets the game. Yeah. And, and and that's I think with film too is you have to get it. That's good, man. I like that. I like that nugget you just gave us there. So, being willing to do what it takes to show people you get the game. I like that. That's nice. That's a good takeaway. But so. that's I mean it makes everyone's job easier. Yeah. You know I, I may not know exactly how you want me to roll these chords, but the fact that I'll come over and go, can I help you? And we do it's half it. the battle. Showing up's half the battle. And we get there and we get it done, and then you know that you can ask me for the next thing yeah. you need help. Reliability with. is maybe one of the most uh, mm -hmm. sought after things in filmmaking, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, are you going to show up? <laughs> and I'm telling you, that's what is helping Ohio get a lot of films. I'm hearing this from directors and producers. So they're like, we love that Midwestern mm -hmm. can do attitude. Mm -hmm. I heard some guys, you know, down in Atlanta, Atlanta, they're having a hard time crewing because people yeah. don't show up consistently. They get the job, they come, they show up for eight, 10 days. Yeah, There's a, a big concert and then the nobody south. shows they're, up. They're lackadaisical down there. You know, you know they're, they're just, lazy down in the South. They don't, they don't want yeah, to get it done. Know. Whereas, you know, this Midwest is, what do you need? How can I make it happen? Yeah. Is this good enough for you? I mean, that's exactly. what we have. And, and I think that that's what's bringing films back too. Is yeah, people no, that's get good. that. Well, that's exciting. What do you, what do you? Obviously, you're pumped up about what you do. You seem to be a, <laughs> a, a vivacious person. Is there anything outside of the commission you're excited about? Or anything that any any new new realms you're trying to explore? <laughs> well, I, I got to tell you, when when I got the invitation to do the whole uh, bourbon thing, yeah, I'm a bourbon girl. Nice. Um, I don't know if you've been up to the Dayton area. We have a bar called the Century. 
Uh, have not been there. Oh, we got to get you there. It's been named the top ten bourbon bar in the country. Really, numerous years. Um, yeah, it's wow. Con- it, it we'll have to a, check this out. It's it's amazing. Uh, Joe Head, the, the the owner and main bartender, about five years ago converted it from. It's been a bar that's been around forever, but he really yeah. just got into bourbon, and uh, they have a century club. So if you drink a hundred. Bourbons, you you get your century card, nice. your name on the wall, and I'm now working on my second century. Wow! <laughs> so nice, uh, definitely my thing to do. So, what's so. your favorite bourbon? Um, I think for most everyday drinking, I'm kind of a uh, Four Roses single barrel. Okay, probably, solid, probably solid everyday my, drinker. Yeah, that's my everyday yeah. drink. Um, okay, I. Uh, I have a bottle of Pogue that I'm holding on to right now, a um, little small brewery yeah. you know, down in Kentucky that I really liked, and now it's become so hard to get. Um, you can't get it. So yeah. it used to be one of my favorites, and I can't remember anymore if it is, yeah, but yeah. I'm holding on to that bottle. So I definitely So like you have that. a collection? Yes, okay. I definitely do. How big of a collection we talking um, about? I probably got 50 bottles. Wow. I mean, I'm, and it's definitely like people that know me, like... I, I've already gotten a few texts, you know, today. They're like, "Hey, why aren't you at the Century drinking? It's, it's, you know, today." I'm like, oh, I'm doing something else, but they know that's my my spot, and nice. I, I have that thing. You know, I'll take a picture of whatever I'm drinking and put yeah, it up on my, yeah. you know, Facebook, my Instagram page, so that I can keep track of the different ones that I'm yeah. trying. Um, I have a recommendation for your listeners if they're bourbon drinkers and don't have deep pockets. Okay. Um, oh no, I got. Uh, God, I'm going to butcher it. That's all right. I'm to think. Um, think about it. I, I think one of my favorites. Wild dog by. Uh, it's like a nineteen dollar bottle. Wild That's really, uh, uh, bird dog. Bird dog. Thank you. Bird okay. Dog. Yeah, they a, they make a lot of flavored. Bourbons. Just the regular one. It's it's a nineteen dollar bottle, and I got I found it in New Orleans one sure. time. I went to the you know the convenience store to try to yeah, get a bottle yeah. of bourbon because we were down there and didn't have a lot of selection. I'm like, I'll try it. It's not a bad cheap bourbon. <laughs> I like a good cheap bourbon. Yeah. Uh, I don't it. mind you know Kentucky Tavern in a plastic bottle. I, I'm in. All Count right. Me in. You know, there put you it go. on the rocks and we're good. What's your favorite upscale? Um, my favorite bourbon is OYO. Okay. So An Ohio or Oyo uh, Black, the one in the black bottle, okay. is I think the best bourbon on the planet. Wow, that's heavy praise. I mean, I love it. I think it's great, and I've had a lot of bourbon. I mean, I've I've had lots of different yeah. types of bourbon. I mean, usually I have a hard time finding one I haven't had, and I just the first time I ever had it, I was like, hmm. wow, it's just nice. crisp and pure and good, and I get flack for that because it's not Kentucky. And I and I tell people, look, you're missing out because some of the best bourbons are not from no, Kentucky. There's some good Indiana bourbons, even. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely I, I think it's it's something cool. So you asked that, and then uh, you know I'm definitely into you know, craft beer. Um, you know, we've I was running brew tours for a while, taking people on a little party bus from from brewery to brewery. You've got like area. a whole underworld. I well, what I'm what I here's what I'm all about, <laughs> um, and I think it came from my mother set this into my world is like. If you don't like something, yeah. don't bitch about it. Find something instructive to do about it. So when I first moved to Dayton, I was there as a comedy club mm-hmm. consultant for 90 days to turn a club around. And as things turned around, I ended up buying that club and, and staying there. And I was like, a lot of people didn't have good things to say about Dayton. So I had to find them. Yeah. And then I have to turn other people on to them. Yeah. And so that's it's it's that's why the film thing works, too. It's like sure. there are cool things in any There town. are some pockets in Dayton. People love that Dayton, the University of Dayton. Yep. They go crazy. A lot of people from Northern Kentucky go to UD. And a lot of Catholics. Yes. It's a big, is it a Catholic school? It's Marianist. They love that thing. What it is for a lot of people. What is too, going is, on with the University of Dayton? It's it's one of those East Coast schools for people that can't get into the the, the higher echelon yeah. of those, you know, 
the the Harvards and the sure, Yale, sure, so sure. so they do that. And the other thing about it is it's very self-contained and it's very yeah. cool, and it's a university in an urban situation, so they yeah. have cool. But stuff. it's accessible. It's accessible. They get it. That's they make it easy. You know, it's the UD basketball fans. I mean, that's their thing. Basketball. It's out of control. Um, you know, Dayton the whole time. And they've I mean, done really good. Yeah, they do well, and then we get the NCAA. You know, the the, the play. There's like games. Riot, riots in the streets when you when you guys win. <laughs> yeah, they are. You know, they're hanging sheets <laughs> down from the you know all the houses and cheering on. I mean, it's a big deal. Dayton is a, Dayton is the coolest little town that has almost everything. And the neat thing about it is, if it doesn't have it, we're close enough to Cincinnati sure. or Columbus or Indy to get it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think that's what's cool about it, and I think maybe that's why it makes me the right person for the film commission job because I do think it's a great. City. Yeah, you got to be a fan. It's not my hometown. I mean, sure. I grew up in D.C. and Chicago and yeah, I lived yeah. all over. But I can really appreciate the coolness that it is. And you can be anywhere in 20 minutes. All right. Well, I've, I've got my next question. I'm, it's right. going to get serious. Okay. Some people listening, they want to know, are there spaceships in Wright Pat? Because here's the thing. Those of us who watch Stranger Things, we know that there's these towns, usually they're small, and usually they have some hidden asylum or secret or something. And we know. I've seen things in the sky that I can't explain. You know what I mean? There's some things, there's some weird things that happen. And me and Alex, Alex one night actually um, saw some crazy thing in the sky that wasn't, it was too big to be a drone. It was moving in patterns that wasn't a helicopter or a plane. We don't know what it was, but it was questionable. <laughs> and uh, but I think that there is definitely some things going on up at Wright Pat that we don't know about. What do you think? I know there's some things going on that we don't know about. Yeah, um, I've heard the rumors that you've and heard. Real I've quick, people that are that are that aren't familiar, Wright Patterson Air Force Base is in Dayton, Ohio. It is a top tier secret. They have super secret sections, the whole nine. There's a big museum there, but there's a lot of it that is a very active, and it's centrally located in the center of our of our country, um, and it is it's a big deal. I mean, people come through there, top generals, top you know presidents, the whole deal, and there's places at Wright Pat that only a few people can access. There are definitely some secret silos and some things going on, and. and I wish I could tell you, but I, I don't have that kind of clearance. Yeah. And I haven't had that much bourbon um, on top of that. <laughs> so, But there are some interesting things happening. You, know, you talk about drones. That's another thing. Dayton is huge. Yeah. You know, We've got Sinclair Community College actually has a drone school and people yeah. are coming in. And you know, I think that's another thing in filmmaking that is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger. It's crazy. The drones, the drone craze is out of control. Yep. There are yep. too many drones. <laughs> there are. Yeah. They all have a mind of their own now. But it, it certainly is giving you a different viewpoint, and it's making it much more accessible for yeah. more people oh, to yeah, be able to great. have those yeah. you know, special effects or those zoom-ins and, and yeah. things in a much more uh, cost-effective way yes. to do that. So I think drones are, are a big advantage in the movie business. I feel like you know more than you're telling us about right, Pat. I feel like you're on the inside, and you know something that we don't know, and you're using that to pitch people. Hey, you can get access. I can I can connect you with right, Pat. If you're going to do military, if you want to do an alien film, we've got real aliens. I can connect you. A girl always has to have her secrets. <laughs> There's always got to be something. I think you know things you're not telling. I don't us know. I'm. I. I, I, I look. I think that Portman uh, uh, Curly thing I'm is, is more you, than just a movie idea. You I know. don't know. <laughs> it might be. It might be more than just a movie idea. Uh, but you know, and who knows? Maybe, maybe there's some cloning going on at Wright Pat. 
maybe that's why we have Natalie and Knightley. Ooh, look at you bringing you know that I mean? back around. I don't know. <laughs> but what I know is there are things that that this world can't explain, okay? And that's that's the thing that, that makes life exciting. It is. So, But it's been a lot of fun. To well, chat about it. I, I was nervous because I really thought, <laughs> I, I don't know if I know the filmmaker part of it. I knew I had the bourbon part down, but uh, you've made it very easy. Well, and, uh... you know, we just chit-chat here every <laughs> now and again. Uh, it's been fun. I was actually invited to a podcast yesterday, the Creative City Podcast, which is here in Cincinnati. Okay. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. To me, uh, had me on the show. And I think I think I'm, I may have... I, I just kind of just started talking. She'd asked the question, and then I just <laughs> and, kept talking. I hijacked the show, so it happens. Um, but you know, but yeah. you're interesting, and it, it'll you be posted soon. Yeah, we talked about all sorts of crazy stuff. And yeah. She's a fa- she's a stylist. I told her I would ah uh, the switch, fashion. Thing. Yeah, I told her I would switch places with her any day. I love I love it. What's your favorite fashion period? Well, I I mean I don't like like I don't like to go into period. Okay. I only like modern. Okay. I only like like current street street fashion really i just love i love it when somebody puts together a look walks out the door and you can just see on their face that they feel like they're on top of the world it. and it could be crazy like i'm like it doesn't have to be quote good like somebody could be have the craziest look ever they could have you know i've seen some uh some homeless people with some of the sweetest concoctions Got and it. like setups you know with like gloves and like different things that like is their way of expressing themselves. That's just cool, you know. So like the confidence that somebody yeah, that can man, wear, wear it with something style. cool. Yeah, like there was one lady in downtown who, uh, she's an older lady, and she always wears this like big fur coat, and she's like, I mean, like middle middle of like just a normal work day, and she's yeah, I don't know where she's going. I don't know who this lady is, but she's just crushing it, man. Like she's on the runway, just killing it with this odd fur coat, weird hats and stuff. But I love it. I think it's cool. Okay. So anyway, uh, so where can people find the Dayton Film Commission? Where can they find you? How do they connect? All that jazz. Any of your social media outlets, filmdayton.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. Um, you know, you're going to find us out there. We're out there. Um, okay. They want to reach me, Lisa at filmdayton.com. I can't make it any easier than that. Excellent. Um, and, and that's the thing, you know, once again, we're Dayton. We try harder. We're, we're that smaller city. We get it. We're going to go out of our way to make things easy for you. That's awesome. Um, and uh, I think a lot of people also, when I throw this out there, think that we're competitive with Cincinnati. We're not at all. We're a compliment to them. Sure. You know, half of our crew base is coming down here to work on films. Some of your films are coming up to film something in Dayton that they can't find in Cincinnati for right. a day or two. I really feel like we work hand in hand. So yeah, I just absolutely. want people to know that, that it's it's not about competition. It's about let's make this whole region known for doing great well, things. Well, and I, that's great. And I think that's exactly what this podcast is trying to do. We, we connect with people across the country, across the globe. And that's the one thing me and Alex have been trying to create is this sense of camaraderie. Mm-hmm. And so we created the Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon Slack channel. And if you go to ftbpodcast.com, you can join our Slack group. And it's just a cool place where you can ask questions to other filmmakers, get tips, tricks, ideas, feedback. Um, and I think that's the most important thing is that if we stick together, we share resources, um, and we encourage each other, then everybody can win. Amen. I mean, it is. It's all about yeah. connectivity. That's good. You were right. So, um, all right. Well, we'll catch up next time. Um, I want. I'm excited to hear more comedian stories. <laughs> we'll follow up maybe on some alien developments at Right Path. I'll let you know whether or not the film has gone into production with Excellent. Nat Nat Knightley. <laughs> um, we'll get you up to the century to drink some more bourbon. Yes, this has been a great. 
great podcast. So thanks so much for coming on the show, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Excellent. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.